You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. You're now listening to the Exclamation Mark. Exclamation mark podcast, you will never find a greater hive of scum and villainy. I am Crofton Steers, here to guide you in a galaxy far, far away, a Star Wars themed episode of the Exclamation Mark, uh, with myself, your Han Solo, to guide the way. And along with me, of course, what would be Han Solo without his Chewbacca, right? And uh, here, it's Bo Schwartz, my Chewbacca. That's not... That was pretty good, actually. All right, whatever. I suck at everything. I can't do any voice impressions whatsoever. Whatever. That was a pretty good Chewbacca. You know, Was it? it, it does, was it really? It does lead me to wonder how Han Solo didn't have a perpetual headache, though. Oh, listening to that all day? Yeah. Oh, God. Which I mean, nuts. You? Chewbacca racist. <laughs> How you doing, you, Chewbacca? You Wookie racist. You Wookiest. That's right. true. I guess all Wookies sound the same. Is oh, that is that PC? That is so not cool, dude. Um. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Hi, I'm Bo. Hello. Yes. Uh, uh, the reason, Bo, that we're Star Wars themed today is because this weekend, as you know, has been the Star Wars Battlefront beta. And I have been part of said beta. I have enjoyed it. I will talk about it a little later on. But I'm I feel also- like I literally just found out about this like two se- like not two seconds ago, like an hour ago. Well, you will find out more soon, my young Padawan apprentice. I'm disappointed because I would have downloaded and played it, but it sounds like I'm out of time. Uh, I think you. I think. It's been extended for a date into tomorrow, so you. But you know, if you want to download it tonight, you probably could. Uh, I'm not sure how it would perform on your PC, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I I, I have thoughts thoughts to share. All right, well, and, let's get and into I it. And I feel dude. like teasing people. You know, instead of just giving them my thoughts right off, we'll we'll get we'll go through the news. We'll go to the games section when we talk about what we're playing. And uh, Dude, stop being so coy. It's like the first item in the news section. Let's go. First, what, what's the first? Le, okay, let's let's start the news. Readme.txt. Readme.txt. Star Wars Battlefront Beta Weekend was extended. There's an expensive Seasons Pass, and the Ultimate Edition is announced. Crofton has more of the details, and I think what he wanted to say earlier was that he's been playing it, so it's going to be in our section on games we've been playing. That's a sneak preview. But let's talk about the more newsworthy items before we talk about your first-hand experience with the game. Um, beta Weekend, a lot of enthusiasm from people wanting to check this thing out. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna uh, I thought it was gonna be like a month long beta or something, and then it's gonna be like who's gonna buy the game afterwards? Like, they will have played it for a month, but turns out it was a weekend long 
so not long at all. And they just extended... found out about it. I, I, if it was a month long, I might actually get around to trying it. Oh well. But uh, but yeah, it's a weekend long, and they've extended it to Tuesday. Uh, but uh, supposedly the extension is is for connectivity testing. So playing on Tuesday may involve a lot of players being dropped and stuff. So maybe a little frustrating, whatever. But one day more is better than no day more, I guess. Um, so yeah, you could still get in on it, Bo. The uh, the season's past stuff was just sort of unfurled today while enthusiasm was high, and um, as well as like a hundred and ten or something dollar version of the game that comes with the game, a season's pass, and in game like ten dollars worth of unlocks or something. So leading me to believe that you'll be able to pay money to get some stuff unlocked as well. So uh, definitely makes this feel more like a product than it already is. Uh, so I, I, I'm a little – I'm not necessarily excited about that pricing model. And having played the game now, I really have a good sense of how they're going to um, – you know, provide that season pass content. I feel it's going to be a little more cohesive with the game. It'll be like a game like Call of Duty or Battlefront where they release more maps and stuff. But unlike those games, the maps will probably be planets that Star Wars nerds are super excited about. And then, you know, you'll be way more tempted to buy it, right? $50 for a non-camp... Are you talking about the base price of the game, or are you talking no, about, I'm talking the, about uh, the the DLC, the season pass, which we talked about last episode? Fifty bucks, sight unseen. Don't know what you're getting. The Pay, thing give is, fifty bucks, guys. Just give him fifty bucks. You'll get stuff. Maybe it's good. <coughs> maybe it isn't. You don't get to know. Uh, you just get to give them fifty dollars ahead of time. And um, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But unlike. Um, other games that are maybe single player story games and this sort of thing. This is a, this is like a multiplayer online shooter. So essentially, they're going to be map packs, is what they're going to be. And there are different modes in the game, and uh, and you know maybe the maps will be for like for one of the modes is 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 uh, is this walker mode where you're you're trying to take down at at giant walkers and um, they uh, those maps. The one map that's in the beta Hoth is fucking huge so maybe it, it, it's possible that these will also be like huge maps like that and i i you're right we don't know what they are but it's not like they're gonna the season's pass isn't gonna include a single player component to the game or anything yeah. it's gonna be maps my thing is not a comment on its quality it may wear very well be you know the greatest thing since pope last spoke to god or, or something like we were so happy we got a new Pope, and now we're so happy that we have Star Wars Battlefront and the DLC is just as good as all of that. It's just, it's sight unseen. It's it's like, it's, I don't know, like, why don't they just announce that they're going to do an X-Pack? Like, if you think about some other business models where it's like, we release the game at $60, and then a year later, we'll, de- we'll have an expansion back, and we'll just put it all as a second part to the game. Like, I just hate this idea that... DLCs, okay, if you know you're going to do four DLC, tiny DLCs, then you probably know you have enough to just do a whole expansion pack. But you can't charge as much for an expansion pack, and expectations are higher, but arguably I'm paying more for what is an equivalent amount of content to an expansion pack as part of a season pass. DLC is one thing when it's like one or two. Now there's like four or six, and it's like $50. Like, this is expansion pack. Like, it's... And... 
I'm not calling out EA in particular, but once every company wants to do this, then every game just effectively turns into a $140 game. And so, um, okay, I'm done. Let's, we don't want to talk about this forever, but I'm just like, Well, I, the one it, thing I'll say, and I'll touch on it more later, is that I think that they know, and by they I mean uh, DICE and EA um, developer and publisher of this game that they are going to have everybody's intention for a finite period period of time. So correlating with the release of the game and the release of the new Star Wars movie, after which point they will lose everybody's attention. And so they want as much money out of people's pockets now. Um, it, it, they're, I, think, I think if they were more confident in their product moving forward, they wouldn't be so desperate on the hard sell of like people buying $110 versions of the game. They want you to buy that version while you have sunshine and rainbows in your head about what it's going to be like to be in a HD graphic version of the Star Wars universe. Once you start playing the game, though, let's just say that you may have second thoughts about spending that money. Okay, well, fair enough. We'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in the Games Per Minute section. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're if you a Star Wars fan, prepare to start, prepare your anus for all the money that you're going to be shooting out on all this stuff with no guarantee that the future movies are good and that you're going to remain a fan. Um, I guess that's just how it goes when you're a fan of things. Um you be a fan of people who are Star Wars fans. It's like being a you know a religion. It's a religion. Like I, I, I am. I've ranted about the prequels time and again, but I still keep coming back yeah, for you more. Like the so. Old Testament, you hate the New Testament. You know, it's yeah. But but what what's consistent is that the church is still taking your fucking money. <laughs> All right, um, man, we dropped like two f bombs. This is gonna be a swear happy show. Let's keep it clean for the children's. Um, uh, moving on. But it's it's funny though. Moving on, we're moving on to another uh, piece of my childhood, which is uh, one that has yet to be violated. And that is uh, the Back to the Future film. So Rocket League, one of Bo and my uh, adored multiplayer experiences. We love to promote Rocket League. It's been great so far, although I haven't been able to play it recently. Um, There's going to be a a DLC pack. And because Rocket League doesn't like to unbalance the game or change anything, all their DLC packs are based on uh, cosmetics, um, cars, doohickeys so forth so it's going to be back to the future themed you're going to be able to get the delorean and uh, you'll be able uh, to pair it with the delorean smoke uh, sort of like you know when when they reach 88 miles per hour bow they leave like fire tracks on the ground so oh nice that's going to be your that's going to be behind your rocket league car which honestly don't get me wrong i'm super excited and this may be one part of cosmetic dlc that i will actually buy but I anticipate four-on-four matches where everybody's the DeLorean. You know, like, that's what's going to happen. That's fine. Because that, it's, that's, I mean, it's it, that's cosmetic microtransactions. You know, like, you feel like, like, this happens in Heroes and in MOBAs. You're like, man, I bought this, like, $20 skin. I'm special. But then you play a different hero, and then you log in, and someone else is playing your $20 skin. This is like... We're all just a bunch of suckers because it looks like something we love and we want it in this other thing we love. And then 
they're going to clean up with it's like two dollars us i think for this thing i mean a lot of people are going to buy I'm, this i'm going to pay it and honestly i just think that with this it's going to be everybody it's not just going to be like that other one guy it's going to be everybody's going to have at it at the very least they'll get like a few interns that and they'll be able to pay them for like a year's work or something like that for this. i would like to see them like uh, so back to the future delorean that's awesome i'm totally up for that but if they're going to delve into the world if they, they have licensing with universal or different companies then I, i'm up for all sorts of I, movie cars i heard a rumor like, what mad max cars Oh, I could see that makes perfect the sense. New Mad Max movie pretty awesome, and yeah, Mad Max cars would be pretty cool. And like when the new Ghostbusters comes out, they should have the Ghostbusters car, right? Yeah. Oh man, if we're gonna get into some funky areas. Like, what would we not want? Like Herbie the Love Bug? No, I would uh, want, definitely uh, want Herbie the Love. <laughs> well, what wouldn't we want then? Well, well, I mean, like that's it. If it's a car from a movie, you're probably gonna want it. But say How much if all those materials cars... too much. What? How much licensed material is too much? Oh, no, for a game like Rocket League, as long as it doesn't change the balance of the game, bring it on, honestly. Like, okay. and what's funny, what's funny to me is like say you had 20 cars from 20 different movies, I probably would like all of them, but ba- the DeLorean from Back to the Future would be very high on my my favorite favorite. So I, I'm glad the, they're starting with this. The only thing that might be higher would be the Batmobile, which Rocksteady could just they could just import the assets into Rocket League probably. Yeah, I t- not the control Tim scheme. Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton Batmobile, that'd be sweet, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. It's just something I want to highlight in depth because it may okay. be my first DLC purchase for Rocket League. So Ooh, listen up everyone. Now in the less fun news, um, one thing that's been sort of tearing up the internets this week has been Ubisoft, um, and its latest controversy. It's- and I feel. Yeah, it's latest. <laughs> I feel like I so. it's been a year since Assassin's Creed Unity, so they were due for another controversy. Um, and uh, and this one is about Heroes of Might and Magic, which uh, has a sequel that's come out. Essentially, um, Ubisoft decided, for whatever reason, to pull the hard disks, like uh, you know, like CDs and DVDs out of the box for the North American version, just like ship the North American deluxe version. The base version was digital only, but the deluxe version, which was supposed to include a disc as well as certain other things, um, they, they they just sent a download code and, and did not send the disc. And this guy, um, you know, contacted Ubisoft customer support, got given sort of the runaround and then posted on Reddit, the internet's favorite homepage, where uh, people uh, jumped on the bandwagon. I saw at one point it got voted to the top of the front page of Reddit, and now Ubisoft is pulling a 180, and it's like, whoa, yeah, sorry, our bad. Uh, Not only are we going to um, send anybody a disc who wants one. Uh, No, actually, I don't think they're sending people a disc. I think that's still an issue, but they're offering to refund people's money and give them a free game um, uh, of a selection of games. So I think that's I think that's a good resolution, but I do think it's another one of these situations where you have to go public, you have to make a lot of noise before they'll they'll honor you know what they said. All right. So was there anything in this digital CD? Was there any content above and beyond the base game that was expected? Like no, like um, behind the scenes crap or anything like that? Yeah, like you mean on 
on the CD or are you talking about there's like a map or something like hard copy stuff in the deluxe yeah, was, edition was, box? Was the CD, was there anything on the CD in addition to what might normally be on the CD? No, the I think it's just edition? the game. Okay, then that's... All right, so that changes things because I think like a collector's edition CD would be different than a regular CD, assuming the base game had a CD as well, right? There might be a video, a behind-the-scenes special for you because you bought the collector's edition. So if it's the same thing as everyone, on one hand, I'm like, well, everyone just had a digital download. Just download it and enjoy your collector's edition. Well, you see but hang thing... on, hang on. No, no, hang All on. Right. Like, but hang on. The collector's edition is for collecting. I don't even buy anything physical. So if you're in the day and age today that you actually buy something physical, you are a dinosaur of computers. <laughs> like, you don't need to buy anything physical. So if you are doing it, the company, who should have smart people working for them, should stop and say, these guys want the physical stuff. If we don't give them the physical stuff, then then like that's what they want. They, they, they don't want our convenience because we have you play or wherever whatever the hell the other place they can buy it so um massive f up on the part of ubisoft in this regard if you ask yeah and and they advertise it in such a way that like the the guy showed it that you know the regular edition was a pc download that the the other version was you know pc the deluxe edition came with the disc and like honestly i think about it and and there's some people that don't have access to internet to the same degree that we do, meaning that they might have some, you know, fairly decent internet, but there's people that mm. ca- downloading a like eight gig game or whatever, it might not be easy for them or it might require multiple days or it might require a crazy amount of money and data or whatever, like depending on where they live. So, I mean, having that hard copy version is still, we're not fully transitioned to digital, especially outside of giant urban centers. Um, and, and, and if a company is offering a way to play and, and might magic as well, this is an old school game. This is a game that I could see the gaming age, the median age being an older gamer, one that may be less, prone to the shift so i mean if you're advertising something you got to live up to uh, what you're advertising and you can't just be like oh we ran out of discs because the kicker is they sent the discs to europe like the the european version came with the disc it was just north america that got hosed oh Um, really yeah so even worse that makes it even worse like because we half shipped a product and we're like "Uh, you guys don't matter you guys understand right like yeah it it's funny just how how like Ubisoft is through these little things they're really not big things um but they they continually tarnish their reputation and uh and I know that generally they they strive to make good games they've recently announced that new Far Cry with the cavemen and all that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. games that people legitimately are interested in and want to play but for some reason, they keep sticking their foot in the mud and, and making these dumb mistakes. So um, hopefully they get their shit together and are just a little better organized because I feel bad seeing them. Everybody loves to shit on them now, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that they totally deserve it, but they're, they're making it hard for us to defend them. That's for sure. I agree. I agree completely. All right. Um, so Ubisoft, get your poop together. Now, speaking of getting your poop together, um, there's another company out there that uh, took a poop <laughs> and they didn't keep it together. Um, looking at you, I believe it's, it's Electronic Arts, right? That uh, EA runs the Call of Duty franchise, right? Nope. Nope. 
EA's Battlefield uh, Call of Duty's Activision. All right. So Activision is it Activision well, Blizzard or the Activision side of it's active it's act the activision side of activision blizzard all right well actually it's developer treyarch who's apologizing um for their twitter debacle and what's happened was that they took their widely followed and verified twitter account and dressed it up changed the picture and usernames and stuff to um spoof a a news organization so called current events aggregate and what they did was um, they were make-believing that there was a, a, a terrorist attack taking place in Singapore live. And what the issue is with that is if you follow Call of Duty, maybe you understand and the marketing is like you thumbs up it. But this stuff was getting retweeted and identified as news, a real problem happening in Singapore. And they've been, they were criticized for it. I mean, this, this happened maybe like a week ago. They, they've been criticized for it. So the company has stepped forward and said, um, you know, uh, well, they've said this. Here, let me paraphrase from the article on IGN. Here's my view. Uh, this is, uh, who's this gentleman speaking? Jason Blundell. Treyarch's Jason Blundell. Here's my view. And again, I'm a simple director and not involved in the marketing at all. However, it was absolutely not done for any kind of attention in any way. It was not done maliciously or as any kind of scare tactic. I am personally very sorry for anyone who looked at it and got the wrong idea because it genuinely wasn't meant that way. It was done on our channel and it was to talk about the fiction of the world. I think we were as shocked as everyone else when it started blowing up because essentially we were teeing up... uh, we were teeing up ready for a story beat. So, sorry for everyone who took it that way. It wasn't meant that way at all. Um, they were just getting ready for a campaign element. Uh, yeah, that's not what Twitter's for, guys. Um, there are... Okay, so there are people who go on Twitter who make fictionalized accounts of things. Some of them, we you know we say they're cool for doing these kinds of things because they're essentially harmless. They're not pretending to be news sites reporting about current fake current events in a spoofing way so the onion may do that but everyone knows the onion is the onion and the fact that they don't and people can get confused is already a bit troubling um but if you're playing with terrorist fire that's bad that is bad bad Uh, treyarch bad yeah what's what's funny though is is like um two things one is you're right it's bad it's stupid um also he should shut up because he is not involved, he's not a marketing guy, um, he, he, and his defense for what they're doing is ridiculous. Um, and I think that you know he's trying to demean the fact that it may have been important to someone, it might have scared someone, whatever. And he's trying to be like, oh, you know, come on, chill out, folks. Um, no harm was meant, but you know, like that's the marketing team's mistake, and it's up to the. Co- you know, the corporate overlords to sort of clear the air. They um, work for somebody. So the person above them is responsible. You can't just be like, well, I just hired them to do some stuff. <laughs> like, no, but he's, he's a, buddy. he's a developer, right? Like he's not, he's not the corporate uh, wing of like, but he's, he's just speaking on behalf of the company, right? What? He shouldn't be speaking on behalf of the well, company. It's Jason Blundell from Treyarch. It's the guy who made the, the, the dude. It's the developer, but yeah. it's not. He's not Activision Blizzard, right? Bl- Treyarch is owned by by Activision, and they're just what his his beef. I'm sure is that he's made this game with his team, yeah. and like now it's getting negative press due to something that was completely out of his hands, done by the marketing uh, of Activision Blizzard. Okay, so um, what you're saying, but 
so he's he's pissed about that. But instead of like turning on his company and saying like, you know, these guys fucked up and blah, 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 blah. He's sort of I find he's kind of being a little flippant. First off, he's nobody, nobody like the first thing. If I'm developer of a game like this, I shut up. I let the corporate overlords handle this sort of thing. This is not this shouldn't be something that Jason wades into. Um but if he's going to wade into it, then then he should be categorically condemning this sort of advertisement uh, and not and not being like, you know, people need to chill out or whatever. Like he's not he hasn't said that word for word, but he's essentially saying that, you know, no harm was meant. But it sounds in- extremely insincere to me. Um, no, it sounds so. like it sounds like the kid in high school who's like, you know, you're making fun of somebody and then they get caught and the kid's like. Well, we were just like having a bit of fun. Everyone was laughing. It's not a big deal. People make jokes, and it's like, no, you shouldn't call people that are overweight fat and laugh point and laugh at them. Like, it's like that. It's that's like his. Def- I, when I read that, I'm like, that's exactly what it sounds. This guy's saying, like, hey, it's just a story arc. We're just doing this thing. Like, it's not a big deal. Uh, let me let me dis- be dismissive of of the serious claims here. We're just playing video games, and um, you know, Call of Duty in particular has a history of depicting terrorism in a way that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, but I'm all for them having the freedom of expression in their games to do, to show the vision they'd like. Twitter's different. <laughs> Pretend yeah, you, you gotta draw the line with real life. That's not your game. That's not in your game. So, it's, yeah. yeah. Not, not yeah, close. make makes sense. Makes sense. I agree. I think we're on the same page here. Both uh, Activision and uh, Jason are kind of out to lunch. Well, but I somehow doubt this is going to affect any sales uh, of Call of Duty in yeah, any negative way. Call of way. Duty fans are like, awesome, man. They stuck it to everyone. <laughs> F everybody. Um, All right. <laughs> speaking speaking of hardcore fans, uh, the Halo Five trailer launch trailer for gameplay just came out. And um, I actually watched this, Bo. You highlighted this for me. And this may be the first time in Exclamation Mark history where we both watched a trailer, assuming you watched it as well. I did indeed. I did. Did you play Halo 4? Did I play Halo 4? No. In fact, I may not have even really played Halo 3. I bought it, and I played the first bit of it. I owned it for Xbox 360. But I kind of just didn't play it. I dropped off of Halo uh, after Halo 3, which sort of finished that trilogy, and then I never played Halo Reach, and I never played Halo 4, both of which are supposedly really good. I had just kind of had my fill at that point. Um, I watched the trailer for Halo 5, though, and I got to admit, I was like, oh, man, that looks pretty sweet. Like, I like the idea of the Master Chief being on the run and people hunting him. It was a good use of music. They had Muse in there, which I thought was sick. Oh, Muse, Um, that song was really good, yeah. Just well used to like oh. everything. Everything looks looks nice. Uh, I again, it's it's not. Uh, I I owe the PS4. I don't owe the Xbox One. I don't think that like uh, Halo Five by itself, no matter how well received it is, like I still have. I could get Halo Four on my Xbox 360 and catch up or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I have not, I have not done that yet. So clearly, it's not that near and near to my heart. But I'll, I, not having seen that trailer, I'm going to keep a close, a little bit of a closer eye on the reviews and see how it comes out. Because if it's super awesome, then you know, maybe at one point, uh, I'll add it to my list of reasons to look at the Xbox One. 
Yeah, Halo's one of those things where it's like I've never been a huge fan, but I've never been a hater of it. Like I've I've loved Halo in the zeitgeist, I guess you could say. And, and I watched a trailer, and it was the first time in a while that I've seen a Halo trailer that, that I've been like, hey, this game looks kind of exciting. I, I kind of dig, I kind of dig where the story is. And you know, Master Chief is an iconic character, right? We never we haven't seen who he is, right? That's part of his deal. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love, even though maybe I'm not the biggest Halo fans. It's one of the thing I love about Halo is that he's got the Gordon Freeman effect going on where you can endow him with his personality because he's... But in Gordon Freeman's case, it made no sense. He has, like, this pinched beard or whatever and looks like a nerd. And then, like, people would be having these conversations with him and he just seems super rude where... What they did well in Halo, I thought, is that the Master Chief seldom speaks, but he does speak from time to time. Says a couple of things here or there, normally super awesome before shooting someone. <laughs> so so I was like, oh, they did a really good job at building him as a character. And so yeah. I'm – I anyway – I you know I'm te- I'd be tentatively interested in, and honestly the PS4 has nothing really to stack up this holiday season as an exclusive against Halo 5. Like I don't know I they had Bloodborne earlier this year it was well no received exclusives, but just non-exclusives. Just, yeah, like, non-exclusives. Yeah, like Fallout 4 but that's on every system etc. Yeah, and and Xbox One will have the uh well, that, the exclusive mods to Fallout 4, that right? That leads so. us into uh, our next article, actually, if you've said everything you had to say about Halo. Sure. All right. So uh, um, so the Xbox boss, uh, that is Phil Spencer. You may have seen him uh, in various conventions. He's become kind of a visible guy. The guy who at the conference was like, Xbox all about television and movies. And everyone was like, boo. Was that Phil Spencer that <laughs> I said think that? He, I think he was, up, he was up there. I don't know if it was him, but he was, I'm yeah. pretty sure he was there. Um, he seems like a cool guy, though. I don't mean to rag on him. I, I just think uh, Xbox has a, a vision. and But now they're coming out and saying after admitting PS4 has a huge lead, they say they're focused on gamers. So... Long story short, this article in GameSpot uh, that I read was simply that they're admitting that they're behind that, and that they're attributing it to a need on their part to focus on what gamers want and not what the rest of the entertainment pantheon, like how they can be the box in your living room. We Gamers are kind of, you know, they're, they're, market, they're recognizing their market as gamers. They're recognizing that PlayStation has the gamers in mind and Xbox is perceived as not... They're saying, oh, we're not chasing after or trying to beat Sony. We're just trying to get as many customers as we can. And that they're acknowledging it and they're making efforts to it. It's hard to tell whether they're talking to gamers or talking to shareholders. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly, as you mentioned, um, I was thinking about, well, there's when you said that statement about, oh, this Halo 5 is the only exclusive for Xbox, I'm like, no, surely PlayStation 4 has stuff. And then you're like, no. And I'm like, oh, they don't. And I'm like, PlayStation 4 doesn't need it because everyone owns PlayStation 4, so they're going to buy Fallout 4, and they're going to buy all these games for their PlayStation, not for the dumb Xbox One. And I'm sorry to call it dumb. Maybe it's great. But that's my my consumer perception of Xbox is that it's the lame horse or the lame duck in this race between the two consoles. I would probably buy a PlayStation 4 over an Xbox One if I had to buy one tomorrow. Uh, Crofton, your take on this news? I, you know, I when when you're the leader, you don't have to do much, right? And uh, no. PS4 is definitely the leader because ever since Xbox 
uh, and Microsoft, as you said, shot themselves in the foot in the announcement of the Xbox One. Since that time, there's been a lot of comparison between the games that come out on both consoles. Generally, the best version tends to be the PS4 version. So by and large, it seems to be a, a, a more powerful console. Um, Xbox has found its footing since then. Uh, and they have a lot more exclusive games that are upcoming and announced for their system. So I feel like um, I feel like that that's that's going to we'll see if that can turn the tide or not, right? Yeah. Um, but I feel that Microsoft has put a lot of emphasis in PC gaming, especially with the release of Windows 10. There's a lot of games that are going to come out for Xbox and Windows or whatever, mm-hmm. and. I, and I feel like that's going to cut into them as as people uh, are upgrading computers for Windows 10. They may have computers that can run more high performance games. So you need to like it. Really has to be a situation where the Xbox is the only place they can get the game, and that's becoming uh, less and less common. Now there there still are games uh, like so this fall. They have Halo 5, and they have Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now, Rise of the Tomb Raider is a timed exclusive. It's going to come out on PC and PS4, but I think like a year later, or six months to PC, and then another six months to PS4, wow. something like that. Wow. So it's it's whatever, timed exclusive. And they have Halo 5. That's, that's alongside Star Wars Battlefront, Metal Gear Solid 5, like all the, the big hitters that are coming out in the fall season. So, I mean, like... They're doing. They're making all the right moves with with the with the uh, the console that they have, but but to get a lead back or to catch up in the video game market, I mean, it's not easy. Like it's, it's a perception uh, thing, right? Like they positioned themselves that way when they announced it, and that's what people think. Uh, they they definitely uh, have to overcome, and and people think that the best version of the game is on PS4. So you're you're always buying the the PS4 version if you have both consoles so then that leaves you with what are you buying for the Xbox One so they have to reach a point where they have at least you know five six killer games that people want to play on Xbox One and while I think Halo Five is going to be a huge hit for their market their demographic I don't think it's going to draw in new people what they need is some breakout hits that that. I'll see, I'll look at and be like, oh man, I really want to try that game. I know what a Halo game is. I can play other Halo games on some of my previous consoles. Um, the only people that are going to want Halo 5 are people who already own an Xbox One. They've already bought it because they know Halo's coming. So, I mean... Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. And you mentioned that too. The other thing that was really interesting about the evolution of the Xbox 360 was that I think it was the first among the two consoles to introduce gaming... Uh, indie gaming like they had the arcade right so you could download the small games like you had a more robust gaming experience on x at least i felt that way as a consumer whereas i feel like playstation is like oh okay we need to catch up and do that stuff they did they released a new console and they're they have playstation plus and all kinds of great like their ecosystem is robust where Microsoft's like, oh, well, we've conquered gaming. Let's conquer movies and television and sports. Yeah. And and that's, that's in my mind, that is what I equivocate the Xbox to. And unfortunately, hardcore gamers just want to be filleted about games, like over games. They don't want to hear about all the other crap because their identity is that I don't care about that stuff, I care about games. And casuals look at computer nerds and say, what do the computer nerds say? Well, they're all going this way. Well, let me follow them and get, you know, they, because they don't, they don't necessarily like 
you know, some people just buy Xboxes, maybe they like it, but most people I know that don't know about games and computers ask one of their expert jerk friends like me that like, well, um, PC gaming is the best, so you really should go that direction. Like, we're the consultants on this. So if the core gamer group is not like you are bending over backwards to cater to gaming, capital G gaming, you won't get a recommend from us. And consequently, casuals won't get a recommendation either. That's my analysis. It's all out of my butt and makes zero sense and based on zero facts. But uh, it we're like it. we're gonna eventually ha- hit that generation where people all have consoles, even if they don't play games, because they double as entertainment centers. Like honestly, right now I'm I'm watching the NHL on my NHL app on on the PS4. Uh, Netflix is on my PS4. Uh, I've got a lot of like custom apps for different video things on my PS4. Um, all it's it's becoming my center entertainment hub. You can get Spotify, all that sort of thing. Xbox One, you can do the same sort of stuff. So in the future, like right now, the future is still decided by gamers. At one point, it may be decided by who can offer the best entertainment features, but we're still not at that point yet. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. It's a good conversation. Uh, if you don't have anything else to add, we're gonna get to the uh, the next item. That we still got more news. We still got more news. All right, let's cover these a couple real quick. Star Citizen, you know that game that we talked about last week where they're embezzling money or something? Just kidding. I, we don't know if that's the case. There is. We know where the money's going, though. They've announced in their single-player campaign for Squadron 42, they have a pile of big-name actors who are taking all the money. Um, Gary Oldman, uh, the racist, and um, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, the guy that's going to be in Star Wars, is going who, to be... who was in Wing Commander. And Wing Commander is going to be in Star Citizen. This is a huge get. This is probably the biggest name for me in this list, and I'm sure it costed them. Um, I, well, I bet I don't think Mark Hamill would have cost them more money than Gary Oldman, honestly. Well, I don't know, though. Well, Mark, I, Mark I have Hamill no idea. Is... You know what? I have no idea. I'm staying away from it. Maybe, maybe whatever. Um, you're probably right. Gillian Anderson, also a big get. Huge nerd cred. People love her in Hannibal. They love her in The X-Files, which a new season is coming. Um, people are excited about that. Also, or my erotic fan fiction, The Sex Files, oh. with me and Agent Scully investi- <laughs> investigating sex crimes. That's, that joke has never been made. That is the first time that that joke has ever been uttered. Congratulations on your originality. Thank you. The uh, triple X files. Also joining the cast is um, Andy Serkis, you know, Gollum and the South African guy in uh, the Avengers two movie. Who's I think got some role to play in the upcoming movies um, among other things, but you know, uh, I don't know who Ben Mendelsohn is, but uh, yay. And Mark, who's Mark Strong? I don't know. The other Mark, Mark, Strong. Mark Strong's a famous British guy. He was in a Sherlock Holmes movie as a bad guy. All right. Uh, so that guy's in it. Harry Treadway, Jack Houston, and John Reese davies And John yes. Reese davies sounds familiar. He played uh, Gimli in the... Uh, he played Gimli in the... Um, Lord of the Rings, and he was, and he was Sal, uh, yeah. Sal, uh, in Indiana Jones. Oh, that's Indy. right. That's right. All right. So this is a strong cast list of not the usual names you find in video games, except for I think Mark Hamill, um, who does the Joker, among many other voices. Uh, pretty interesting pile of names. So, did you watch the trailer? I didn't. Is there, okay. there was a trailer? Yeah. I didn't even see. Yeah, it it's Gary Oldman. He's speaking like he's doing sort of a pro-war, yeah, yeah, speech in, at some sort of rah-rah speech in 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 front of some sort of Congress or whatever. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's kind of cheesy, what have you. But uh, but at the same point, it seemed good. Graphics seemed all right. Like they tried to render his yeah. face. It's not L.A. Noir, but it's pretty good. I'm basically um, kind of ignoring Star Citizen until they have some sort of commercial release. I just don't understand well, how I'm supposed to start playing this game. So, See, and the other thing, uh, in Squadron 42 is like the single-player campaign. And like for me, when they release that, that's probably when I'll start getting into that game. But when, it, when I mentioned last week about all the scandals surrounding Star Citizen, one of the things the ex-employees were pointing to was that they said a bunch of money was being that that Chris Roberts the accusation was that Chris Roberts and you know his wife is an aspiring actress and he wanted to be a filmmaker or something like that and that's why the wing commanders had full motion video previously and now he's he's like he's loving the opportunity to work with a bunch of big Hollywood celebrities and he's throwing a bunch of the money around on, on that and doing commercials with Hollywood celebrities. And they kind of tried to refute it a little bit, but they knew that this announcement was coming up, so they couldn't refute it too much. So what that leads me to con- con- be concerned about is if the, the, the accusation is true that that he's just blowing money on big name actors and now we see that it may be true. If that's true, then like maybe some of the other accusations are true as well from these ex-employees. And that kind of makes me a little nervous because a lot of them were about how bad the development was of this game. So hopefully it's, hopefully this is just good news, but like in the context of what we knew last week, it does seem it it does bode ill for the future of Star Citizen. Well, we'll see. Maybe he's just misunderstood in internal communications or in an upgrade or something. I mean, let's hope so, Bo. Let's, let's, let's hope, hope so. so. But let's. I mean, I don't care. Star, you know, I'm at the point now where Star Citizen has been baking so long that I'm like, you know what? Don't release it. Just let the, if the thing fails, whatever. Like I've No Man's Sky is coming. Elite Dangerous is coming. Bo, if make Star me Citizen care fail. about Star Citizen, damn you. If Star Citizen fails me, I don't know where I'll turn. I will be so lost. You'll I will play need Batman, some sort of... and you'll play. Oh, this other game that we found some new information about. I'll need some Cyber... miracle game from the heavens, Bo. What will save me? Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, Bo, you're just teasing me now. Nope, I'm not. Uh, so this was an interesting little news article, and again, it's, it's someone from CD Projekt Red just kind of spoke out of turn, and. Um, Maybe said a thing that the company wasn't prepared for them to say. Not a big deal. He says um, it was this. Uh, who's the guy's name? Jose Tixera or Tixera? I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. But now you're just making up names. But... Um, he is the visual effects artist there, or a visual effects artist. He says Cyberpunk is far bigger than anything else that CD Projekt Red has done before. Wait. Far, far bigger. We're really stepping into the unknown in terms of <gasps> complexity and size and problems we encounter. Um, bigger is it bigger than The Witcher Three? If anything, working on Witcher Three was really good and awful brooding learning experience. Cyberpunk's going, yeah, they said better, bigger. Hang on, that's, I don't want to read the oh entire thing, um, but it's going to be bigger than Witcher Three. This means two things: one. Um, I haven't played Witcher 3. I know, I know. It's but amazing. from Crofton's uh, opinion on it, it's very good. And this is and Cyberpunk, which I love Cyberpunk. Deus Ex is like my favorite games. Um, yeah. I will love. I know I will go into this game loving it. So if it's bigger, I'm like, yes, they made the one I wanted later and it's bigger. Um, but the other thing is that bigger can mean like epic failure in terms of, you know, they're sixty percent into developing it, and they just scrapped the project because it's just gotten too unwieldy. So, 
you know, I, Kingdoms you know, of Amalur style. They'll have, uh, they'll have know, so. control of this. Like, I'm not. They're, they have it, a good pedigree, so I have it, faith in it, which is, which, which is why this will hurt even more. Um, but, dude, that trailer alone has just sold me on the game. I like, bet, I it, I bet it'll come out in three or, like, it'll come out in a oh, crazy a amount while. of time. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a while. Because, like, you have to understand, dude, playing The Witcher 3, the amount of work in that game is ridiculous. Like, it is so huge that I just – and I mean – not just huge in, in like it's easy to make not easy but like you look at a game like No Man's Sky which is like infinitely randomly generated and all this sort of stuff yes that's huge in scope but the wit the Witcher three is huge in handcrafted detail both both in everything from quests to environments to uh, to clothes to everything like it's just so rich and so full that to imagine something even bigger than that. Um, of that quality, and I'm hoping that like Cyberpunk 2077 will be similar in build. Even even if it was a mod for The Witcher Three, I would be happy. But like he, here's here's what I imagine though, because when they say bigger, because I don't know that it necessarily means that it's going to cover more physical space. Because Cyberpunk, it takes place in urban settings, right? So, what if? When they they're making Cyberpunk, it's like there's an apartment building and they populate each unit in that detail. Like think about all the work it would take to do one apartment complex in an urban setting, and what if those were all fully explorable? That'd be crazy, right? Like that's cool. yeah, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. But like Novigrad in Witcher Three, the biggest city, isn't like you can't necessarily go into every house or whatever. Um, because just by proxy, like people look, you know, they lock their doors. It, it narratively, it didn't make a ton of sense, and they didn't want to waste resources there. But uh, but like, there's just like if if every character you could talk to has like some crazy story, like I mean, that's that's a lot in itself. Anyway, I'll let's not go speculation well, yeah, again, crazy. I, but... I, another, another issue too is the you know urban areas are denser. In order for it to feel that's the one thing I hate about Deus Ex Human Revolution is that you are downtown, but it doesn't, it feels, you know, doesn't feel dense with human population like a, like a, like a city like Detroit. And um, uh, what's the name of the place they go to in, in, in China? I can't remember. Shanghai? No, it's Ming or Cheese. Uh, I can't remember. There's a, it's, anyways, I don't want to get it wrong, but there's, you know, they go to China, they fly to, it's like Hong, it's not Hong Kong, but it's another city. Anyways, whatever. Um, the point being is that they didn't feel like populated the way an urban area feels populated. So when they say complexity and scale, I think in terms of density, not in terms of, you know, you're going to be able to explore all the United States or something or all of like Denmark or wherever it takes place. Maybe they'll render all of Coruscant. Oh, my God. A game that renders everything in Coruscant would just... It'd be stupid to make because who could explore it all? But it, that would be the point of doing it. Anyways, um, that's been your news. Uh, we're going to move on now because I think Crofton really, really wants to talk about this thing most of all uh, in the games per minute. You're always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is games per minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? One. All right, it's game per minute where we talk about the games we've been playing. Crofton. Have you been playing a new game that you haven't talked yes, about before? Yes, I've been playing a new game, Mo. What is it? 
Um, okay, let's th- let's talk about this because I'm totally prone to ranting as well. You know what? You know that I'm playing the Star Wars Battlefront beta. I played it this weekend. What? You're playing Star Wars Battlefront? How? How did you get into the beta? We Every, everybody can get in. You just download it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so here, ask me questions, and I will, right. and then I'll start there. You ask me questions. Do you feel like but... you're in the Star Wars movie? Is it like? No. Okay. Next question. Um, did you wow that's like i don't think i I need to talk about that because that's 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 what it sells itself on so forget the because i don't care about that it's a bat it's battlefield game right i don't care that it's a battlefield game because i know that's an established franchise with parameters and they're just putting the star wars spin on it so i don't care i'm not like what are this battlefront mechanics um i care about what are the franchise-specific things that make me want to play this? So you're saying if it doesn't make me feel like it's in the movie, then I guess my next question is, what is crappy about? about okay, the I didn't. I didn't say it didn't make you feel like like the movie. It definitely goes uh, uh, very deep in trying to do that. Uh, but it it. What was your exact question before? Was like if it feels do like you feel like you're in the film like the i think it's supposed to be like you're in one of those epic fights no it, I, okay and... it feels like it it feels like when you play a star wars video game so like you feel like you're playing a game that's that's in star wars but you're always cognizant that it's a video game you don't think it's that you're in the movie right okay so it's not an immersive experience which no but 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 by the same token because i know this is particular this is a particular nuance with you is that you have standard? You have high standards for immersion. Where if like yes. if there's a clock in the corner, it pisses you off like a clock. It can. Time. Whereas I'm like that doesn't affect my sense of immersion. So okay, people are different so, that way. So do the assets relay to you a strong sense of place inside the original trilogy when you play? Okay, yes. Like they've clearly spent most of their money, time, and resources on graphics. Okay, graphics, and like they've gone to little details. Like they've 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 found original props from the game. They've re- they've scanned them, and like when when shots hit the wall, they they hit they make the exact same sounds, shoot off in sparks. The exact musical the musical score is there, and all that. Um, but it's tempered by the fact that now, Bo, you know, we've talked before about like the original planet side and how when we would play the original planet side, uh, you you'd just run around, you could go get into a ship, uh, you would you would see your guy like get into the ship and, and there'd be an animation and you'd take off. And in planet side two, when they launched that, there was not they did away with all that stuff. You just magically appeared in things. Right. Um in 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 Battlefront, it's even I would say even worse. So um, they they don't have uh, and and I recognize this is a beta. So there's some things that can be changed. Changed. There's some things I know won't be changed because a beta is almost done. Like there's balance tweaking, and everybody's bitching about the balance, and we can talk about that in a sec. But but the. Uh, vehicles in the original battlefield and the original star wars battlefront games you could find a vehicle you could get in it you could start driving it in battlefront it's not at all like that it's like you find these power-up icons strewn across the map and sometimes they're weapons like you'll find a it'll be like a a a, a bomb or it'll be a a force a squad force field or something like that sometimes it's access to a vehicle and then you'll have that for like 15 seconds to cash it in if you don't cash it in then you don't get access to that vehicle um 
So, for example, a TIE fighter icon, and then you walk on it, and it'll say TIE fighter, and then there'll be a 15-second counter, and then you have to hit two buttons, and you'll transform into a t- TIE fighter in the sky. Like, your guy will get down on his knees, and he'll he'll talk into a radio being like, we need TIE fighter support. And then all of a sudden, you're in a TIE fighter above. So there's no, like, getting into a TIE fighter. It's getting some sort of pickup on the ground. And it's the same with becoming a hero like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader. Uh, you'll 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 see a token on the you you'll pick up a token and it'll be a hero and then you have to hit the button before your 15 seconds elapses and the reason they have that timer is because while you have it nobody else can have it so nobody else can be a hero there's a limited amount of you can't just all get in spaceships there's probably like six but spaceships are there or people something. like not concentrating on map objectives in order to taunt tokens just to become fuck a yes. Oh man, I was. I spent half my time looking for tokens. I wanted to get the experience of all these things, that seems right? Like, like a bad mechanic. Yeah, I, I I was like, where are they? And then you start memorizing where like certain tokens are. But the thing is, the tokens won't always be there because if they're in use, they're not there, right? Yeah. So um, so like if there's a, and a they, I imagine they have out. a cooldown once they've been you like once you're Luke Skywalker and you get killed or you, your timer runs out. There's a I think cooldown on when you can get it again. Like you have to do something to trigger it again, maybe. Well, the hero ones I think are randomly placed on the map, but the ship ones tended to be in the same spots, but they would be gone. Like so, then you'd have like three guys just waiting there for a ship one to spawn and all running to try and get it, you know, or whatever. Or like that didn't happen too often. Mostly people would be like, "Oh, there's none there," so that they keep playing. But let's say of the hundred percent of time I spent playing. I only was in a ship for maybe 2% of that time. Like, and, um, and I would say that that's also only – there's three modes available in the beta and that was – vehicles were only available in one of those three modes, which is Walker Assault, which is the 20 versus 20 Battle of Hoth mode, okay. which I think is the best. Like it's the most – it's the coolest, most visually impressive, uh, most like feeling like you're in Star Wars mode in my opinion, but it's probably the most broken too. Well, I mean, I kind of like the idea of those, the big map mechanics. It, it does remind me of, of Heroes a bit, but, um, okay. Ask me more questions. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, the, the only thing I care about with respect to this game is, uh, is the Star Wars aspect of it. So, um, well, because I'm not a oh, Battlefield or Battlefront player, like, I've, I've played, I've played the Xbox original. There was a Battlefront game on there. I've played it and thought it was a stupid game. I didn't like that game. Um, well, you and, might know like this. Yeah, thing. so how similar is it then to uh, previous Battlefront uh, installments? Uh, so it, I think that everybody will genuinely find it probably to be a less good game, but maybe more immersive on the Star Wars front. Like, um, I, I will say that it's um, this is the thing. I think that they've set themselves up for failure, and uh, I'll tell you why. I think that um, they are courting to a certain extent. Um, hardcore core video gamers that are used to playing and ranking up characters in Call of Duty in Battlefield um all those all those types of games that are that are used to like headshots and this and that like really there's a reason that um many new players don't pick up those games because they they're already filled with you know millions of experts and uh, I think the idea with Star Wars is that, oh, it'd be something that'd be a little easier. I will put that to rest right now. I was last in almost every match I played. I got a little bit better in time, but I just got killed over and over and over. And 
I'm, I don't want to shit on the game for this. Honestly, uh, it's really not the game's fault that I fucking suck. The, what, what is <laughs> going to be problematic is that you're going to have people that are going to be looking for a Star Wars experience, Star Wars fantasy uh, fulfillment, that are going to start this game, see all the commercials, see all the graphics, and are going to die over and over and over, and then are going to quit, and they're going to be pissed. And they're going to feel like they wasted their money or wasted their time and all this because it's not the, the, the game they look for. Meanwhile, all the people like the Call of Duty players and the Battlefield players are complaining nonstop about how unbalanced the game is. And it is quite unbalanced in this stage. It's unbalanced, unbalanced in a way that the lore makes sense. Like, for example, right now in the Walker Assault, it's very easy for the Imperials to win. Uh, it was kind of the battle. Sense. The battle is that it's overwhelming I, odds. Right? I, like, I, I know, I know it. Yeah. I know it is that. But I guess like these guys, like you know, in the world of esports and in the world, like what is valued more than balance is nothing. Balance is the be all end all, and the game doesn't have that. And so these guys are gonna they're gonna play it for a bit. They'll be like, okay, this sucks. It's not balanced. We're gonna go back to our whatever military shooter that they're playing. Meanwhile, all the Star Wars people are going to go in. They're going to get killed by those those good people. Then they're going to quit. And I think that within like a couple of months after launch, this game is going to be dead in the water. Like that's my my prediction. I, I don't I think see you, it. I think you made a very astute point with the divisiveness of the people who want the casual experience of Star Wars versus the people who want to balance. It's like the game isn't for anyone because it's not a gameplay first game. And yet this it's game, not it's yeah. not a wish fulfillment game first game where it's like that's why a campaign might have been better, but everyone Dude, wants replayability and like you just can't satisfy everything when you no, like, this this is the game that needed the campaign. If anyone and like there's been so many like Titanfall, Evolve, all these games, multiplayer only they some of them like evolve i think are designed to be multiplayer only but this game feels like it's missing a campaign it needs a campaign and i'll tell you what it also feels like a prototype that is and i know it's a beta i'm fully cognizant of that but like it's going to be launched in a month and um and at that time after it bombs they're going to take all the assets from this game and they're going to make the game that people actually do want it's like you know when the first assassin's creed came out and people are like oh there's not enough to do and then the next game came out and everyone's like yeah it's amazing well this will be the same deal people are going to come out for the whiz bang graphics are going to buy a shit ton of copies and then they're all going to leave um and but then when the next star wars game comes out and it has a single player campaign because the only single player component in this was a horde mode um with with waves of ai component guy and that was a lot more fun because first of all i wasn't dying all the time and second of all it's fun seeing the stormtroopers like not be elite killing machines like they are a multiplayer but seeing them just like die a whole bunch as you just randomly shoot at them um, so that was that's fun, but it's not obviously not going to warrant a fifty sixty dollar purchase. Um, but I totally see getting back to the seasons passes how they're going to release these giant new maps to try and extend the life of the game. You know, Walker Assault. Like I'm sick of Hoth now. I've done this map a zillion times um, over the course of one weekend. I'm pretty much done with it. And so I would, you know, if they then we're like, oh, this next one is on Tatooine or this next one is whatever and it's 10 bucks or whatever. I totally could see people shelling out shelling out for that. So I see where I see how the season's pass is going to unfold. I just, honestly, I this game has gotten a lot of positive hype 
and I think there's about 10 minutes of it when you start that's the whiz bang oh man listen to the sounds oh man I'm in Star Wars oh da 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 and then things start falling apart pretty quick after that yeah that's that's exactly how I expected the response to kind of go I think it's probably I just don't it's not going to be a long term commitment game for people it's not a lifestyle game it's a novelty game like it just screams that from front to back and if there's nothing in the game that keeps people coming back uh, the you know then what is it it's, it's i do i do grab. feel though that like it's uh it's one of those things where it won all these best of e3 awards everybody was giving it a ton of attention uh bending over backwards to like say how great it was and then now we're in this sort of situation where uh, the beta's come out, people have played it, and I can understand why if if you're on a show floor in a giant auditorium in LA, you can be like, wow, look, I'm it's Star Wars, listen to the sounds, wow, boom, boom, boom. But as soon as you're actually sitting at home playing it, it gets, I mean, it gets old fast. So uh, we'll see. They, they have time to tweak things, and I think they're going to devote their energy energy to game balance. That seems to be the response I've gotten. Uh, I, I've gotten the sense for. So maybe they'll get to keep some of those Call of Duty Battlefield players, but I don't think they'll keep the Star Wars enthusiasts much past the launch of the movie. All right. Well, you heard it here first, man. Not very, uh, not very enthusiastic response on the part of Crofton about Star Wars Battlefield, and certainly I didn't play it because I don't feel like it's worth my time. I'm not like ooh beta. Like the only thing interesting about it is the novelty of the Star Wars. That's all I care about with this product. Um, and it does it, the images and the trailer look sweet. So I hope I get a chance to try it for free, as I'm definitely not paying full price for that game. The last thing I'd see is the animations a little bit a little bit wonky, and the hero units, which is a holdover of the previous Battlefront games, really make no sense. But With it, the improved it, graphics, they really like. And it, there is something like pants pissing be, uh, about walking, being stuck in the in the Hoth base with the narrow walls, and then turning a corner and having Darth Vader right there. Because um, they are super overpowered, they will literally murder you. The only way you can take down a hero is in a large group. Um, there's no chance otherwise. Uh, but the thing, the the thing is, is that like the weather effects don't affect what they're wearing. You know, if there's snow, they're not going to have snow on them. Um, they're they're just they look kind of a little. They're very video gamey. I feel, and it, it it just takes away from the immersiveness of like this giant battle on Hoth. You know, so yeah. All right. Well. Bo, what have you been playing? I've yeah, been talking. Sorry, a lot I'm here. like my battlefield attention is starting away, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm gonna admit it because you know I'm like I can't. No, but your battlefront attention may be, but everybody's. That's what we're talking about yeah. this week, and honestly, next week it'll be gone because the beta will be gone. So might as well get it all out now while it's fresh in the mind. Great. Well, um, so I've of course been playing a ton of heroes. That goes without saying. Um, but I've also been playing this new game uh, that I got gifted to me called Darkest Dungeon. It's on sale this week for like 10 bucks on Steam. Um, I've heard about this. It's an indie game. It was Kickstartered. I don't know a lot about the Kickstarter origin story, but I did see it on Steam and I did put it on my wish list because it looked awesome. And and so it's pretty it's pretty well along for early access. It's still in early access, but it's it's pretty oh, close. Oh, it's in to, early access. It's pretty close. Well, it was Kickstartered, then it was in early access. It's, they plan on releasing it before the end of 2015. It's pretty well along. It's just missing the last uh, area. 
So if you think of a game like um, Rogue Legacy, right? It's very similar in that um, you're going in to do dungeon runs. Um, but the difference is uh, Rogue Legacy is a you know 2D platformer type of game. This is very much a turn-based tactical combat, like a Final Fantasy type game. Um, where you know you pick your move and then your enemy picks a move and you know there's and there's there's all sorts of pen and paper RPG stats so you have accuracy and to hit. What makes this game unique, however, is that um, there's permadeath. So you make a party of four guys that can all permanently die at la FTL, for example, or any roguelike. So it's it's a roguelike. It's a, it's got roguelike elements in it for sure. So the the one thing that makes this game great again is the roguelike elements. Um, the other thing is. You have a stress meter. And this is the part that's awesome. The horrors of the dungeon stress you out. And so if you if someone critical hits you, you also get stressed. If you see something scary, you get stressed. And stress doesn't go away. Once your stress meter gets to 100, you get an affliction. And that means you might become fearful. You might, you might become abusive. So you start abusing the other party members. The one character who gets afflicted will say like, oh, I would have done better if I were you. And then that guy gets stressed out. And then everyone gets these afflictions, and it f's you up. And if you get two hundred stress, your guy has a heart attack and dies because he's just way too stressed out. So it's <laughs> so not only do you have to manage an HP pool, you have to not get stressed. And when you go to town, your stress doesn't go away. You have to go to either the abbey or the tavern, and you can visit the brothel um, to relieve stress, or you can go get flagellated in the abbey. <laughs> You can go do flagellation in the Abbey to relieve Sweet. stress. So get, I'll go with the brothel. You get whipped um, and punished for your... It's amazing. And the best part about this mechanic is that there is a small chance that instead of hit it, getting an affliction when you get stressed, your guy can instead become awesome. So, like, so like whenever you're getting stressed out, you're like, oh, please become awesome. And every now and then your guy's like, yeah, I'm vigorous. And then their stress meter goes down to zero and they're super badass. Um, it is an amazing mechanic in a game <coughs> because when you get the badass uh, bonus rather than being afflicted, it's just a great feeling. It's just super. And the art, it's not very complex art. It's all 2D art, but it's very well done. It looks very pretty and it has that like Cthulhu art aesthetic. Love this game. Two pieces. I am hooked. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm. that's what I've been playing. I love that game. Darkest Dungeon, so, super good. And, and you're saying, like, for an early access game, it's pretty much done? It's well polished. So the way it works, like, it's... So why is it not released, I guess? Um, I think they're still adding some... I, I didn't really delve into the notes too yeah. much. Because my plan was to wait for it to release and then, then look at picking it up. But I got a, I got it early. Someone gifted to me. So, like, I... I um, I, I just jumped in and started playing now. Why would I wait? <laughs> and um, Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh it was it's just a great it's 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 so much fun it is so it's just my kind of game and like there's only four zones and it's all random procedurally generated so you take a party i go to the the warrens and i do a warrens run and the combat's fun the tension of not getting stressed out is super fun um i like the game it's very basic in a way but it's just my jam so that's what i've been playing yeah, no, that's that's cool. Uh, honestly, I remember seeing that game on Steam at one point, and I think early access scared me off. I heard other people talk, I think on another podcast actually, about that game, saying that it was it was good and worth uh, checking out. It's funny how like I understand that it's probably a cool mechanic, but would you explain like 
a game which is like where you have to manage people's stress levels, I immediately get stressed thinking about that, and I'm like, fuck oh, that. And it's, I, it's a brutal. It's not one of these like it's easy to manage stress. Like if you like. Like there, there was a pile of dead bodies, right? And if you don't have a shovel in your inventory, you have to manually claw it out to continue on. It stresses everyone out like twenty points out of a hundred. You're just like, oh man, we're getting stressed out. And some some guys they don't do a lot of damage; they just do a lot of stress damage to you. And and it think and it's when you get that ab- the abusive guys. When one of your guys gets abusive, that's the worst because he basically everyone gets demoralized. He's just <laughs> like. But my, you guys suck. I would have done way better than you guys. Or what? And there's even one where you know that ellipses like three dots. Yeah. Sometimes you do something and it's just three dots of a dialogue box over him, like you, like you would do in like a chat, and then your guy takes like ten stress damage over that. It's uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible game. Oh well, that's yeah, that's pretty sweet. ingenious yeah. mechanic. I love it for that mechanic. What is the performance requirements for it? Do you think, like for the computer, you can plug it in. <laughs> you know, your computer has electricity; like it's it's very low. Okay, I might check it out if I can get it on this thing. Um, I'm I'm uh, just I'm not going to talk about this long, but I'm back into The Witcher Three, uh, which uh, you may recall I did not finish. I am now the. Um, the Hearts of Stone expansion has been released and is now in my download queue. I'm a little like, I'm a little hesitant about um, pl- playing it because it'll be integrated into the world, meaning there's a bunch of new side quests that will be added and a new sort of main quest. Um, and I sort of wanted to get to the end of the game because like I have put in a lot of time to The Witcher 3 and I don't, I don't want to get to the point where I drop out of the game. Yeah. So I was hoping to play the expansion after I had completed the game. But I think that now I'm going to have a hard time as it's all molded into one world. I'm going to have a hard time. I don't think there's going to be anything indicating that something is from the expansion or not. You know, uh, So uh, I, I played a couple of main quests um, in The Witcher 3 before Battlefront came out and I'm back into it. And honestly, it was really hard for me to play Battlefront this week. And I kept being like, why don't I, why am I not playing the Witcher three? And I had to keep telling myself, you know what? I'm not probably not going to buy Battlefront. I just, I need to get my Joneses out this weekend. Uh, and then I can go back to the Witcher three after, but I think I'm pretty wholesale back into the Witcher. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I can't say enough good things about that game. Good. So. You need to keep playing it because uh, one of us has to. I know you're 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 the Witcher correspondent. I'm you know like I haven't played the Metal Gear Solid yet, uh, but I'm really in in it's it's tough to I don't want to shit on a game I haven't played for sure, but I I'm getting really frustrated by all these people that are either like um are are, are talking about Metal Gear Solid as game of the year or there's people who are having game of the year discussions and a lot of people are dismissing The Witcher 3 and I honestly feel like those people just didn't play far far enough like they they played like a couple of hours and I know it sounds a couple of hours sounds like a lot but with a game like The Witcher 3 it's nothing Um, and I feel like one of the greatest games of all time has come out this year and and maybe Metal Gear Solid is also one of those but like I really feel it's not. It can't be. I'm sorry. I, Metal, I'm sorry. Like Metal Gear Solid is a great game. It can never. Like it's never the greatest game. 
I can't I can't imagine it being better than The Witcher 3. But again, I don't know. I haven't uh, played either, but I have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I I I just like I don't uh I don't know. Somebody asked me what my favorite game of all time was the other day, and it's funny cuz The Witcher 3 is just so at the top of my brain. And uh, I know it can't be that yet. I'm not even finished it once, for Christ's sake. But it, it definitely the fact that it's it, it's up there percolating when somebody asked me that question is already uh, a, a huge sign. So, like, and I know people have different tastes. I honestly do. I just don't. I don't see how that game cannot be um, game of the year. Anyway, we'll we'll see what how follow we'll what happens. To do our games of the year because it's going to be tough. Because I was like, it's got to be one of those two. But I'm like. Aren't I contractually obligated to say Heroes of the Storm is the game of the year since it released this year? And I do a show about it and play it every day. Um, but people have different... There's different me- scales of measurement or vectors of me- measurement for what you would say makes you know, the best in a game. And I think we have it- so many games now, it's a disservice to all of the good games to measure it along one vector. You know, and sales, I think, yeah, I think you're, that's a mature way of looking at it, Bo. And I think that there's a way of saying there's... There's, you know, your favorite game of the year, which isn't necessarily going to be the best game of the year. Because I would venture to say, say, last year, um, Dragon Age Inquisition won a lot of the game of the year awards. I enjoy Dragon Age Inquisition a lot. It's not even fit to tie the boots of The Witcher 3, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot. But I felt Hearthstone was my game of the year last year based on the amount of time I spent playing. Based on, but but I can understand when you're getting down to it, like filling out a spreadsheet saying what is the game of the year, a, a collectible card game is is it's difficult when you put up to this giant RPG with multiple outcomes and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's easier to be like on paper this is the game of the year, but you know my personal game of the year is or my favorite game of the year is this other game, you know. And but in the case of The Witcher Three, I feel like objectively it should be the game of the year anyway we'll see witcher 3 you should still have enough maturity to respect it as game of the year that's what you're saying i feel that like i feel like technical feat i know no technical but also emotional everything like anyway enough gushing i'm gonna be we're gonna have a game of the year episode where we're still gonna be talking about freaking witcher 3 in fact, I have a prediction now. Crofton, in under a year's time, will start a The Witcher 3 podcast with someone he meets who's also an enthusiast of Witcher 3. I, I, I totally Might be me like, if I start playing it. Um, there's a few video games I could do a podcast <laughs> on, but I feel like that that's one of them. So you do have a Witcher 3 podcast. It's this one. Um, all right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, move on. Uh, no Dialogue Tree this week. Um, we have all kinds of gaming goodness to talk about, uh, and we like to give our Dialogue Tree topics um the time it deserves to have a real conversation so let's just uh, do something else crofton you want to tee this one up for me sure okay so we've talked a lot about our favorite games and that sort of stuff but we have a segment every show where we can give you guys a recommendation it's a segment that we call inventory management Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. It's a challenging and inexact science. Um, All right. I'm going to go first because mine's quick. I already talked about it. You should buy the Darkest Dungeon. Not Dank. 
Don't. So should I wait till it's Don't. full, or should I? I can I you know buy what? it early access? My initial reaction do? to this, someone before I, it was purchased, I was like, um, "Yeah, I don't buy early access games because I feel mistrustful." And they're like, "What? This is amazing. Trust this one." Um, so yes, it's it's functional. It's not without its bugs. So if I Alt Tab out of uh, to my second screen when I'm loading a zone, it crashes. So I have to not do that. But apart from that, it's fully functional and fine. Um, so it's the early access deal, but it work it works pretty much. That's the only bug I've encountered. It otherwise works impeccably. So you can buy, feel safe to buy as as you would a new it's game. On sale. I don't know if it's still on sale as of this moment, but it is. It was literally ten dollars Canadian or eleven dollars Canadian. Um, not very expensive. Um, so like, it's not like you're pre-purchasing a pretty high price game if you like if you liked ftl if you like roguelike games but things that are more friendly like not hardcore roguelike games that are really graphically poopy um this is this hits that sweet spot man it's good um there's some videos on how it runs in you know on steam check it out read the reviews actually a lot of the reviews on steam i saw were negative but overall it's very positive i just think people um have difficulty well, from what I gathered from the comments was that the hardcores were finding it too easy, so they made the game harder. Um, I'm part of the camp that's like, that's a good thing. Make this thing as hard as possible. I like games that are decis- decidedly brutal, if that's their thing. Um, so I think I think some people are going to have a hard time with this game. It's not There's not a lot of hand-holding with some of the stats in it, but it's definitely worth it if it's up your alley. That's my recommendation, Darkest Dungeon. I just I just looked from... at some of the Steam reviews and it's funny because like there's some that are like do not recommend and then it's like time spent playing 130 hours. I'm like kiss my ass. You recommend oh it? You really? your time? Yeah. You would have quit e- hours ago. Is this that treaded yeah. water, dude? Because it, it says not recommended. Hours on record, 130 points. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you have to read his giant explanation, but I don't care. Like, as soon as I see 130 or whatever, it's like, it'll be some super nerdy explanation of why. I liked it upon version 1.27, but version 1.23 changed the art style somewhat, and now I don't recommend, you know? Yeah, that's why these reviews are kind of bummy on early access. Like, it's like, what version are you speaking about? But, um,. Take it from me, the game is a recommend. Those people writing negative reviews have just played a lot of it and they're going to the wrong place to post their comments. And unfortunately, people can be dumb. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to go with a really weird rack this week. Or Depending on how you look at it. Um, so I'm going to recommend uh, a classic from the Wii it actually was a pack-in with the Wii. I'm talking about Wii Sports. Possibly the most sold video game of all time. This, I'm, it's up there. What version? It, the original version that so came packed So for the Nintendo the Wii. Wii, like it's, it's kind of old now. Yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. 2005? Okay. Four, all right. So I've, I think six, I played this one, actually. This is with, the, the, this is with the tennis, right? The big tennis deal. Tennis, bowling, um, golf. Uh, but you really play it for the tennis. Be- at least baseball. No, it depends. Now, the reason this was on the top of my mind was that uh, my brother Nick and I used to play the baseball very often. And we would play it like real baseball. You know, in the original Nintendo, you had like a mat that unrolled and there was a power pad and you could do the 
hurdles and and track and field with the original Nintendo. But you pretty quick found out that it's possible to cheat. So you could sit down on a chair and just like use your hands or something on the pad. It was really easy to cheat. But I think as an adult, I realized that if you don't cheat and play things the way they're meant to be played, you probably have more fun. And the baseball game, I think was something that you could cheat in as well. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Nick and I would literally, we'd stand in the living room. Like we were playing baseball. One of us would hold a weed remote, like they're holding a bat. The other one would pitch like, like he had you know, a ball behind his back and then would, would do the throw and all this sort of thing. And the world, um, uh, the world series are going on right now. Well, the, uh, the baseball playoffs leading up to the world series and the blue Jays, Canada's team are in it. And I've been, I normally don't follow baseball, but I've been sort of catching Jays fever. And I started thinking about the Wii sports and how much fun Nick and I would have playing the baseball game. And then I remember, man, we had so much fun, my entire family around Thanksgiving and it's Canadian Thanksgiving weekend right now. Uh, playing Wii Sports and we would play tennis and uh, that tennis game still holds up. I feel like there's promise there that was never, never captured uh, on a greater scale. I feel like the motion felt good. Like it really felt like it was doing what you wanted it to do. And uh, I just think of the amount of times that I've had fun playing we sports and that there's there's a bunch of people out of the, out there who probably maybe are either too young or just just you know maybe play it for a bit and then set it aside and all this you can buy a we probably dirt cheap right now probably dirt cheap and you, and I guarantee every one of them comes with we sports and I I truly believe we sports resort is also decent but we sports is a game that is just worth like rock band it is a game that's just worth having around because one day you never know people might be around you might have double a batteries you get going yeah yeah have a game of tennis have a game of baseball and honestly you will have a ton of fun it's not the game that you're going to be playing for 20 hours every evening but on, I feel like I feel like it's a game that you people shouldn't forget. It has yet to be topped, and it's the only good reason I can think of for motion controls. Um, so yeah, my recommendation for this week is Wii Sports, so the original. There's no updated version for Wii U, is there? there not to my knowledge. I, oh, I, well. oh, you know what, Bo, you are you are a uh, handsome genius. Um, there. <laughs> There is, there is, um, they did release some sort of remastered version for Wii U. I don't have a Wii U, so I, I, I hadn't thought about that, but I remember reading, uh, I remember reading about that, uh, the, not too long ago here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat here and, and run a quick, uh, a quick search. Um, I think it's called Wii Sports Remix or something like that. Remix! <laughs> Lame or, name, come on. Wii Sports no, Remix, man, boom. Yeah, Wii right, Sports. Anyways, sure, yeah. Wii Sports Club. Sorry, it's oh. Wii Sports Club. Wii Sports Club. We're part of. The, <laughs> all right, it's not as funny. It wasn't even funny the first time. I'm really pushing the the bear. But uh, and bear? I think that Don't there's some. They all do right. a couple of things, like they they mix up some things so that like you can use the Wii remote, uh, the the Wii um, what you call it. Uh, uh, the the tablet controller you can use it like uh, so in the golf game for instance yeah um, I see that the I, I'm just looking up pictures now I see that you can use it as where the ball is and you it, it's the yeah. T yeah you could use it as the T and stuff so right. that would I would imagine that would make it even more immersive but yeah I well, totally we didn't play uh, the Wii U version but let's imagine that 
they've retained the spirit of the Wii version, so getting either might be actually good. Except it would be in HD, not that the graphics are the selling point. Oh, no! A Nintendo game in HD, how dare they? (laughs) I'm just saying, like, Bo, you you always feel personally insulted when the game's not in HD, so I just, I thought that that would be a selling point for you. It it, is, and actually, well, I did have a Wii, and we got the Wii because um, my girlfriend at the time, not into video games, but liked the idea, like a lot of people, I want a Wii. I'm like, why do you want a Wii? Because it's a Wii. I can exercise on it. You know, sorry, I don't mean to make fun of her. I just, I'm. This is generally speaking about all the people that bought a Wii because they thought it was going to revolutionize exercise. Um, that we played Wii Sports. That was actually a good memory. One of the good, me- one of the only good memories I have about the Wii is Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Um, was actually a very fun game. So yeah, I, and, I, I, I and I think Crofton it's one of those things you can't forget when talking about the the, the Wii. It's like, because, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you say about the Wii, but, like, it is worth, especially if you already own one or you can get it cheap or whatever, It's it, I feel like it's something that should always remember that, especially when people are over, you're looking just for a good multiplayer game, Wii Sports, man. It's a good game. It's fun. Yeah. All right. You heard it first. We recommend The Darkest Dungeon and Wii Sports. I like how you have recommended an obscure game that's in early access that no one's probably heard of, and I've recommended possibly the most sold game of all time. <laughs> well, you know, we run the gamut here. We each have our everything in its place and everything place placed. But I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Bo. All right. All right. If you have words of wisdom you want to share with us, we would invite you to uh, uh, travel full light speed uh, with your evasive maneuvers towards exmpodcast.com. Never tell me the odds, kid. (laughs) That's our website. It's got all episodes of EXM on it. That's the exclamation mark. And uh, you can also, of course, and we hope you do, subscribe to us on iTunes, um, on Stitcher, you can follow us on Twitter at EXM Podcast. We tend to do a live recording of the show Monday evenings, 8, 8.30 Eastern. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash EXM Podcast. But if you follow us on Twitter at EXM Podcast, you will get updated when we go live. Um, also, we have Facebook page, facebook.com slash EXM Podcast. All our recent episodes are updated there as well. Also... And finally, we have a sister podcast, and that is the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast, where Bo and I are joined by our friend Mike Hodgins, and we discuss a random topic drawn every week. Finally, if you want to follow Chewbacca, you can follow him or uh, learn more about him through the internet. Uh, Chewie, explain how that's done. Well, what I think he said was... At Bo Schwartz on Twitter. <laughs> and you can follow me at Crofton Steers, where I always shoot first. Um, all right. So we're pretty much done, except for one uh, closing segment. The segment that has people coming back to this show in droves. I'm talking, of course, about Master Game Theater. Quote of the It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right, so... Yeah. All right, I'll stop that. It's, it's funny fun. because that's essentially the Master Game Theater. It was Bo being chewy.
But no, we're going to keep it with the Star Wars theme, but hey, focus it on my, video games. What are you saying about my talent? <laughs> I'm saying that it's amazing. And no oh, matter what, oh, oh, oh. never tell them the odds. Um, so Master Game Theater Quote of the Week this time is from Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. One of the few sort of agreed upon um, iconic Star Wars video games, the one that made by Bioware, people still stands up and 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 everybody has uh, has enjoyed it. You can still even get it on iOS it. now. It still, it still reads the newspaper. Yeah, it's honestly, I, I feel like this game would hold up pretty well. Um, I've played it for a long time. I played it on the original Xbox. I think I own it on three different other devices, but I, I have yet to restart it. It's one of those long Bioware RPGs. You know, I might own it on iOS and Steam as well. <laughs> you, dude, it's good. it's a good game. Like, I mean, it's I really good. Play it sometime. I've never Wait. launched it once. <laughs> it's it's uh, pretty awesome. There's a huge twist in it that I won't reveal to you. Uh, so, Thanks. um, we're, this segment from Master Game Theater involves the player character talking to, uh, a droid, HK-47, a droid specializing in assassinations, and the player character meets him in a store, uh, and is, uh, and they engage in some delightful banter. So, in this segment, player character will be played by Bo, and I... We'll play HK forty seven. Bo, are you ready? Uh oh 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 Peter Peter pickle pick a pick a pick a pepper. Yep, I'm good. Alright, let's go. Here we go. And scene begin now. Statement HK forty seven is ready to serve, Master. You don't need to call me master, you know. Query don't I? I was under the assumption that organic meat bags such as yourself enjoyed such forms of address. Organic meat bags? Retraction. Did I say that out loud? I apologize, Master. While you are a meat bag, I suppose I should not call you as such. You just called me a meat bag again. Explanation. It's just that you have all these squishy parts, Master, and all that water. How the constant sloshing doesn't drive you mad, I have no idea. Neither do I, come to think of it. Statement. Now do you understand the travails of my existence, Master? Surely it does not compare to your existence, but still. I survive, somehow. Commentary. As do I. It is our lot in life, I suppose, Master. Shall we find something to kill to cheer ourselves up? That's the end of the show. 
Show is over. Show is over. Show is over. Show is over.